It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. FM 104 is Sunday Night Live and every week we chat to a musician about the first gig they ever went to and joining us this week is Jake Carter. Hello, how are you? Hello Louise, thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for chatting to us. So tell me about the first gig you went to. What was it? The first gig I ever went to was McFly in Liverpool. In a, they used to run in a, a kind of a festival there called Live at the Pops on the grounds of where the arena is now. Um, and I think it was probably, oh, it would have been about 2007, I'm going to guess, 2007, 2008. That's a huge McFly fan. Um, McFly and Buster were kind of the two big acts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember distinctly they, they ran on with water guns, and that was the first thing. That was like <laughs> a core memory that has stuck with me for years. So that was the first ever gig that I remember, yeah, which is, uh, which is crazy. It was so long ago now. I feel old. Oh, don't feel old. That's a really cool one to have. That's a great one. But it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. Now, to be honest. Yeah. From, at that point, had you already started playing music yourself? Um, I was probably at that age playing fiddle and competing okay. in flakioles. That was a, a, the extent of my musical knowledge. Um, I hadn't actually started singing um, or like you know actually performing yet. But we we were always kind of involved with music from a young age. So. Yeah. I played Bowron from about the age of four in the Liverpool Irish Centre wow. every Monday night. Um, and then I moved on to fiddle. And then as I got a little bit older, probably around the time I would have went to that gig, I started realising, you know, fiddle's not the, the coolest of instruments. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I picked up a guitar and drum kit and bass and everything. I was very, very lucky growing up that kind of anything I wanted to do, my mum and dad kind of said, right, OK, we'll give it a little go. And eventually I, I landed with the guitar and stuck with it and, and it hasn't left me since. I kind of love that, that you've kind of actually like road tested most instruments. <laughs> yeah, I remember distinctly actually as well getting a drum kit one year for Christmas. And I think Santa really regretted it then as well <laughs> for the whole of Christmas Day when I was, my dad was building an extension at the time. So you can imagine how loud oh, this drum kit was because it was positioned right in the middle of the extension as well. Um, so yeah that was kind of I think I was probably persuaded by my parents more than anyone to <laughs> maybe start looking at a different instrument after yeah. they bought would, me you, would you not prefer this lovely guitar that's yeah. over here it's s- a lot more portable yeah. yeah well that's true too exactly you can just stick it in the back of a car so that's handy that's it yeah stick it on the back of your back and off you go yeah so tell us about the first gig you ever did 
first gig I ever did, geez, it was probably in a rough pub in, in the middle of Liverpool somewhere. <laughs> uh, from about the age of 15 or 16, I, I started gigging um, in kind of pubs, clubs, mm. you know, old people's homes, restaurants, wherever would take me. Brilliant. Uh, thinking all sorts of different stuff, you know, uh, some of my own stuff, the old pub classics, some pop stuff, some 90s stuff. There would have been everything in there, do you know what I mean? And uh, I remember then at the age of 17 when I could drive, I, I went out and I leased the van. Um, I was still in school at the time, but I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll lease this van. And the van was 150 quid a month to lease. Wow. And my insurance was 500 quid a month to insure. Crikey, so okay. I remember my dad, I had to get it out in his name in the end. And I was like, look, if I can get five gigs a month, then I can just pay for that. You know, it's fine, mm-hmm. don't worry. <laughs> so like in hindsight, I wasted loads of money, but it was probably great for me, you know, understand the money then and, you know, it really made me need to gig as well as not just yeah. want to gig as well. So It kind of uh, showed yeah. you, yeah, it showed you all That's areas it. of the business, as they say. It completely, yeah. So I literally just gigged then. I was in school and gigged as much as I could until the age of 18 when I left school, moved over to Ireland and haven't looked back since. And I'm assuming at no point did you kind of look back at your McFly days and go, I'm going to take a little bit of that show and, and use it myself. Definitely, you know, it is, it's been a huge influence because, I mean, a lot of people hear the name Carter and they, they kind of presume that I would have done country music or just mm-hmm. followed in my brother Nathan's footsteps. And I guess the likes of McFly and different bands growing up listening to I was that I was a huge fan of have definitely influenced me and kind of made me stick to my own guns and mm-hmm. do my own kind of, my own genre and not just kind of following Nathan's footsteps, you know, um, and it has it's, it's played a huge part in, in the music side of things and it's, we, we would still even now when we're doing gigs we always uh, do Five Colours in Her Hair which is one of oh, McFly's nice. biggest songs yeah. and we actually do a cover of it because I just love it you know and it, it really does kind of take me back to, to where it all starts and, and where my love for music began and no water guns yet no water guns <laughs> yet um, I've had a couple of disasters before with water guns and oh, um, no, no. And technology and guitars and guitar pedals not working. So uh, we stay away from them for now. But, you know, whenever we, hopefully when we get a bit bigger and we start doing arenas and stuff like that, then then we can start letting loose. Maybe a water cannon instead of a water gun, you know, go crazy. Maybe that. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. Audience, yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, no. I went to a gig, actually, and they kind of did something similar. And it was only the yeah. middle part of the 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 audience that got drowned yeah. which was great for me That's who the wasn't there That's one time when you're, when you're happy to be at the very <laughs> exactly. back of the arena yeah. yeah exactly I was delighted but yes no I understand the whole water technology <laughs> idea yeah. that definitely wouldn't be great but do you have a new single yeah. out at the moment We do yeah we released a song there a little while ago there called I Just Gotta Take You Home which was a uh, a song that I, I actually wrote in, in lockdown with um, a friend of mine called Conor McQuaid. And originally it was actually written towards a Niall Horan brief that was put out on Science of the Nucleus, which is a publishing and songwriting hub in Dublin. And cool. uh, they sent us this kind of brief that was like, Niall was looking for new music. So mm-hmm. so we decided over Zoom one day that we'd write towards this. And uh, in the end, Niall didn't want the track, but I was like, look, it's, it's too good of a track. It's a really it good one. Yeah. So I decided to do it myself and we put it out and it's had a great reaction so far. And it's, it's kind of just a, a feel good pop tune. Have you many tracks actually that you've written that are kind of just left sitting? There's loads. You wouldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's hundreds of tracks that are just sitting there on the laptop. And a lot of the time, actually, every now and again, I kind of go back and sieve through some of the old stuff because there's some tracks there that are, are great and 
are maybe half written or just not produced and um, it's great to be able to go back and kind of see if there's any that you can have a have a rework on and, and see if we can make them a little bit better and then eventually use them. Yeah, especially with fresh eyes, you know, you get yeah, a different perspective. Yeah, especially over lockdown as well. I mean, we couldn't really do anything but songwrite over lockdown. True, yeah. There was loads of stuff that was written um, in lockdown and uh, it's great actually. I'm releasing an EP at the, at the end of the year and only a couple of weeks ago there I... I literally went back and combed through the whole catalogue of, of songs that have been written. Um, and it's great looking back on some of them, kind of finding ones that you're like, oh, I forgot I actually wrote that. That's mm-hmm. really good. Um, so, yeah. It must be quite enjoyable putting together the EP. Or is it a little stressful, it is, yeah, maybe? It's tough as well, though, yeah. it's kind of my first ever body of work that I've released. So mm-hmm. I want it to be right. So it took us so long and kind of, I guess, my own music, even over the last few years, has changed so much and we've kind of been experimenting and finding exactly what what way we want it to sound. So yeah. that's been the, the hardest thing. But I think we're eventually getting there and there's there's three out of five tracks that we're solid on at the minute and they're definitely on the EP and we're just Brilliant. finishing them in the studio. So still deciding between about 200 other songs what the other two could be, but we'll get there eventually. So you're going to be kept busy now for the next little while with that one? That's it, yeah. Flat out just in the studio and keeping songwriting and constantly just changing my mind over what's going <laughs> to be on the EP, to be honest. Well, Jake, thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to us. Uh, thanks so much for having me on, Louise, and, and a big hello to everyone listening in. And no doubt we'll talk to you once the EP is out. Hopefully, anyway. Hopefully if it's good enough. For sure, absolutely. <laughs> talk to you soon. Chat to you soon. Bye-bye. FM World 4, Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.